Come on in and shut the door, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the mailbag. My name's Marcus. That guy in the shadows is Andy Brassel. Hello. Andy, how the dickens are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Marcus. You? Mm. Well, I can't complain, yeah. I'm having a nice time. Uh, you know, in my own little bubble, obviously, what's going on is, is horrendous, but, but I'm okay. Thank you for very much for asking, Andy. And I'm pleased to be in your company and the listeners for this mailbag. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, now, we're recording this We're recording this before the weekend. It goes out after the weekend. So if some mad stuff has been happening uh, in, in the footballing world, i.e. Germany, then, then please bear with us. But we do have some <laughs> questions surrounding uh, the Bundesliga, of course, and uh, and you can always find out a little bit more uh, from, from on the continent, but also you can find out some stuff here as well, because that's why you're here. Let's not deflect too much more, Andy. Let's go into the questions. We've got one from um, RYNVK33. I'm going to say RYNVK33. I hope you're all right with that. Probably what you meant. Forgive me. Um and uh, and the question is, with the transfer craze surrounding Timo Werner, I was wondering why there's been so little discussion about his teammate, Marcel Sabitzer. I've been very impressed every time I watch him play and was wondering if you think he could maybe make the switch to an elite side. And Andy, if I may, I'm going to bring in Alex B as well. Dude. Because he are with the... <laughs> <laughs> with the Bundesliga, I don't know if that's Alex Bruce, um, probably not. But we, he, he asks nonetheless, with the Bundesliga returning on Saturday, or the, or the recent return, should I say, who are the lesser known young talents we should keep an eye out for? I'm looking forward to seeing what Ezekiel Palacios can do. Andy, unpack. There is some stuff to unpack and unpack it we shall. Um <laughs> Zabitzer, I, I think people have been speaking about him quite a lot, particularly since those two really great performances against mm-hmm. Tottenham in, yeah. in the Champions League. I think if he'd been overlooked for a little while, um, th- th- there would be obvious reasons. Uh, firstly, that he wasn't the top scorer. Uh, secondly, um, that I think certainly before this season, you would have had to be a, a bit of a Bundesliga connoisseur to, to fully recognise him. Um and the third thing is he's still been developing at 26 years years of age. Um, so th- that's that's a bit different. I mean, he's almost one of the the, the elder statesmen in, yeah. in in the in the Leipzig side because they are a very very young team in, in indeed. And uh, I guess Timo Werner at 24 is kind of heading in that direction <laughs> as, 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 as as well. I mean, we've heard a, a lot about Timo Werner. Um, wanting to go firstly because he's been very clear about the fact that he feels the need to take the next step and he feels the need to take the next step abroad and um secondly because he's had a contract situa- situation for a while um of course if he hadn't have signed again at the start of this season he would have been out of contract this coming summer so the feeling for a long while was that it would probably be Bayern picking him up on the cheap um for a bit of supplementing stroke locoming for for Lewandowski. <laughs> yeah. He never he never really felt particularly wanted by them, uh, which was why he signed the new deal at Leipzig and um it's got a release clause in it. So even though he signed a new contract, he's still gettable. Though what seemed like a bargain deal no brainer um three months ago is a more substantial fee now. And in 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 the in the context of the new transfer market, if if you like, um 
which is reportedly why Liverpool have been um and ahhing over whether to pull the trigger on the on on the deal. You could say the same thing about Mauro Icardi. You, you look at uh, Paris Saint Germain had um, what appeared certainly at the start of the season to be a very very favourable purchase option on him and you know maybe there's a bit of thought about that now um notwithstanding of course his last couple of months of form which which haven't been absolutely amazing but to go back to Sabitzer um he's been the real leader of this team I think in the in the, in the center of the park and the thing about him is um he's kind of morphed the way he plays a little bit under Julian Nagelsmann I think that's that's made him um, more involved as well. He's played more and more games in in central midfield, whereas like at the beginning of his Leipzig career, he was, he was thought of as a as a wide player. But that sort of energy and that sort of toughness that he has for for someone of of his size, I think, demands that he should be played in the middle a little bit more. Um, I think the fact that he's got a, a vastly improving team around him has helped. But I do think he's he's grown as well from being coached by Julian Nagelsmann, as have so many of those mm-hmm. those Leipzig um, players. So when we were talking about him still developing, I think that's the thing. I mean, you're looking at a player now who is part of a team and is, <clears throat> you know, maybe arguably even the best player in a team that can dominate in the Champions League. So it's it's pretty logical, really, that he's he's shown he's a player who can um, who can score and and, and create in the mm. Champions League, and arguably that brilliant goal he scored against um, Zenit St Petersburg um, in the home win over them, the three one back in October, I think it was October, start of November for um, for Leipzig, which, as we said on OTC this week, kind of kick started their season at home. Um, I think that was that was something that kind of announced him on the on on the European stage as as well. So um, yeah, I, th- I think he's, he's he's still a player who's who's, who's growing, and I think mm. you know, there's no doubt he's enjoyed he's enjoyed greater visibility. Well, you sure? I mean, that's you're sort of touching on the, the things that I would say about Tabitzer at RB Leipzig. <clears throat> excuse me. Is that if you look at RB Leipzig, they're not an, an elite club, but. <laughs> By definition, by you know, diction definition, very few clubs are sort of elite level clubs. Um, but if RB Leipzig currently, as I say, at the time of recording, third, and we don't know what's happened on the weekend, but but third in the Bundesliga, they, you know, they, they're keeping the pace or have been keeping the pace with Dortmund yes. and and Bayern this season. Um, your best defensive record in the league. He he's scoring a few goals for, for considering his position. They've had a good jaunt in the Champions League. Sadly, cut short because of the virus. Blah blah blah. Um, he's enjoying his football, as you say. I mean, it, you know, RB Leipzig have not been around for that long, of course, infamously, or however you want to word it. He is he's he's a legend there. You know, he he could be considered, you know, in future as, as one of their sort of greatest ever players or something like that. You know, I, I, you could understand if he thought, no, no, I'm I'm happy here. I want to stay. Yeah, and he is a player who has uh, changed his opinions, changed his um, objectives beforehand. I mean, when he was <clears throat> originally sold to Leipzig, he he didn't want to go because it was in the the, the, the second tier, and um, it's something that's worked out really well for him. So perhaps he would 
change his mind and and, and want to stay. I think there are a couple of strands to that. Um, firstly, um, you might think, well, okay, is he going to be the the main guy that he has become elsewhere at a slightly yeah. bigger club? Mm-hmm. And, and there's got to be a doubt over that. The second part, though, is you know, look across the dressing room. Uh, Emil Forsberg, who in his first season um, at RB Leipzig, and he's a similar sort of player to um, Sabitzer in, in in the sense that he he can do it wide or he can do it from a more central position. That That is the similarity between them. But you think in Leipzig's first season up, he was a leading assist maker in Europe. Everyone was looking at him and he found it quite hard to recover after his move to Milan that he really wanted didn't go through. Um, so, and now he's he's not a peripheral player for Leipzig, but he's a, he's a squad player. You know, he's, he's not one of the first names on the team sheet, whereas at one point he was absolutely vital to, to, to them. And he's a couple of years older mm-hmm. than Zabitzer. And do you look at that and think, did he need to take a chance when he had it? when his stock was high. So those are the, I, I would guess the the two ways of looking at it. When we come on to the next question about the young players to, to look at in the Bundesliga, I think we have to start with Leipzig. I mean, we said before, Marcus, they're a pretty young team. And yep. especially that defence that you mentioned. I mean, it's, it's the best young defence in Europe. There's no doubt about it. Of course, a lot of people will have uh, either seen or heard about Dio Apumacano, who was um, heavily linked to Arsenal in their wisdom, rather than uh, spending 80 million euros on him. They spent it on a forward that they didn't really need, but that's another story. Um, Apumacano is is a really, really good player. Um, I think what's so eye-catching about him is not just that he's so fast and so dominant, but he's got that little bit of young Eric Abidal about him. If any of you oh, guys remember, if you, any of you guys remember Abidal when he was young at Lille, before he even went to Lyon, never mind Barcelona, mm-hmm. the thing he used to do that was so thrilling, he'd win the tackle and then just go piling 70 yards up the pitch <laughs> with the ball. It's, yeah. it's ab- absolutely brilliant. The, the thing that Sol Campbell did only once, but it was you know really what, thrilling. Andy, do you know what? As soon as you mentioned that, I had Sol Campbell in my mind's eye there. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Nearly scored the greatest goal in the World Cup. Look, um, but there we are. Carry on, Andy. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you do sense like part of it was uh, Sol showing his foresight. You know, there will be guys who will do this in a couple of years' time, much better than me. But um, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And um, Apumacano's got got that in his locker as well. I think. There's an argument, and we're talking about player and player visibility in the wider sense. Ibrahim Konate, who would be his first choice defensive partner, who's actually younger than Apumakano, he's, he's 20 and Apumakano's 21, um, is, is arguably the better player. He's, he's a terrific defender. He's been stymied by injury this season, which has let Apumakano even more take um center stage um but but he's he's an absolutely terrific player i, I love him and um have done very very well out of the the, the, the french market i mean a, another young one who came over from um paris saint-germain christopher and kunku has been brilliant this season especially after the first couple of months it took him a while to get settled and um like for, for the last couple of months while the season was going he he, he was absolutely 
brilliant. So if, if you're into young players, yes, absolutely focus on Leipzig. You'll be able to watch all, the, all those games. And you, you, well, you will have done by, by the time yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> you, you listen to this. You, you'll have had a great weekend watching it all on, on BT. Uh, the, yeah, the other so. players um, I'd flag up, uh, of course, another obvious one is uh, Gio Reyna uh, at Borussia Dortmund, who is only 17, but um, Lucien Favre has a lot of confidence in him. It's given a, a lot of playing time, particularly in, in 2020. Um, but one that might have slipped under your radars is... Um, J.D. Sancho. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one that might have slipped under your radars is um, there's a couple of FC Köln who um, have been really good since Marcus Gisdol became the coach. Um change the team about a little bit and um one of the first things he did is work on their their, their left hand side and there's a really good duo on the left of uh Noah Katterbach the the left back who's only 19 years old and in front of him is Mal Jacobs who is pacey um can get inside or outside uh defenders and can can score and create as well uh, Jacobs has been doing it on his own um in the last bit of the Bundesliga we'll, we'll We'll see once. Well, you will have seen once it once it starts this weekend, whether Katterback and and Jacobs are reunited on on that left hand side. But but they work really well together, and I think especially at Köln, where it's, it's a club where people get really overexcited about stuff, um, where they care about um, the heritage, the connection. Mm-hmm. To see two local guys. Um, come through and get a go when normally the thought is, well, let, let's go try it and test it. Um, you know, it's been a while now since those who are considered sons of the soil, like Jonas Hector and Timo yeah. Horn came through. They've, they've, they've been in the team for absolutely ages now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. So for these guys to, to come through and deal with the pressure, I think shows not just what talents they are, but, but how, how mentally strong they are as well. Cross to man, Leipzig lining up for it. Marcel Sabitzer took it on the chest and he hits a beauty as only he can. And it's all turned on its head. Marcel Sabitzer. Right, Andy, let's have another dip in the mailbag. And I've got a question here from Charlie Platt who says this. If you could pick any European club side from history for you yourself to be a part of, which club side would you pick and what position would you play? Oh, I like that. I mean, that's uh, for anybody who listened to Ramble On recently, they will have heard Jim and I talking about our um, kind of fantasy careers, if you like, if we were getting into football now. So there's there's shades of that, although Charlie, I think, um, did ask this question a number of weeks ago. So it is an original thought of yours, Charlie. Appreciate that. But Andy... How would you respond to Mr. Platt's question? Well, you know what? You're the player, Marcus. So I'm, I'm going to throw yeah. it back to you in a minute after I've outlined, uh, mm. firstly, that it was never my ambition, even as a child, mm-hmm. to be a football player. Really? And um, no, never. And uh, be a second- basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> and, and secondly, I wanted to write, actually. And, oh, well, uh, well done. You achieved your goals, Andy. Every day's a bonus for you, isn't it? (laughs) Secondly, (laughs) secondly, as as an amateur football player, um, 
I have never enjoyed the running aspect of football. So that rules right. out. That rules out Simeone's Atletico. Uh-huh. It, it rules out well, Barcelona. It rules oh, out. It rules out. Corner. Rules out Klopp's Dortmund. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not putting up with that from um, Diego Simeone. Trust me. No. You, so the position you'd want to play would be a goalkeeper, but very much in the old style. Stay on your line. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking Big Nev. Uh, in the latter stages of his career. <laughs> that's, that's what you want to do. And that's absolutely fine. So you're going to play for, uh, I don't know, Howard Kendall's Athletic Bilbao. No, uh, uh, who? I, I don't know. Well, how if, if, you, if you were going to be, if you were going to be a goalkeeper, you would no. go for, I, I, I don't know, like one of the dominant Real Madrid sides of the 1950s, wouldn't you? So you just oh, yeah, stand yeah, there and then the pick up your medal at the end. <laughs> although, although See, I don't know. Hang on, no, I, don't, we no, should, I, I, don't, I don't know who was in goal for Real Madrid in the 1950s, and he might have been a fine goalkeeper, okay, Andy? So I'm just saying that in in in, in terms of, of protecting history. Okay. Well, I'll I, I tell, tell you what, that bear in mind well, that when they won that fifth European Cup in a no, row against Eintracht well, Frankfurt at Hamden, they, they still conceded yeah. three in that game. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know... So not so Andy, that easy which team, gonna, which team are you going to pick? You're not going to go for 1950s Real Madrid and play in goal. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, no, I am not. Um, I would go for. Uh, I, I would go for 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 one of one of two teams. Um, okay. If if I was if I was doing it for the the camaraderie, the bonhomie, mm. the enjoyment, I would want to play for Andre Villas-Boas's Porto um, because. <laughs> They were, well, they they won the league by a mile. Yeah. Uh, They're un, unbeaten in that season. Well, um, but they played some really entertaining football with <clears throat> Falcao, Martinho, oh, oh yeah, Hook, James Rodriguez, yeah, Freddie Freddie Guarín, yeah, Alvaro see? Pereira. So many good players in that team. So I would only have to play a peripheral part and be able to watch a lot of it from the best seat in the house, which is very important to me. You'd, uh, you'd be Nuno Espirito no, no, Santo, no, 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 no. wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice try. But no, I would I would be a centre forward. <laughs> I would like to get Obviously. the odd superfluous mm. goal in like a, you know, 4-0 win against Guimaraes or something like that, you know? Yeah. That, that, Jackson that would, Martinez involved then? Uh, no, no, that was that oh. was um, before his time. He was oh. he was brought he was brought in to replace oh, uh, Falcao. Yeah, sorry, later. later. Um, but yeah, I, I think the whole atmosphere around the team. I've never seen a, a team really that I've covered at close quarters enjoy each mm-hmm. other's company so much. There was just such mm-hmm. a buzz to them. And I think that was so important. And of course, they ended up winning the um, Europa League in uh, Dublin against Braga as well. So, and you get to play in the the Classicos against Benfica. Um, you get to play against Sporting, all that sort of stuff. You get to maybe make a delightful entrance when you play away at Braga. Maybe instead of parachuting onto the pitch, you like abseil down the cliff face. Uh-huh. It's unlikely uh, that Vias Boas would allow that, but I, it is a fantasy <laughs> world we're in now, so you're fine. Yeah, you, you never know. If, if I'm going for purely cold-blooded trophy-gaining, I would like mm. to play the Diego Milito role Oh yeah, uh, for twenty for twenty ten Inter. Yeah, okay. 
You are under Mourinho then, but then they did love him, I suppose. You know, we can't uh, we can't always de- de- um, depict him as this miserable sod who falls out of his place because those. Pl- I mean, we remember Matarazzi's tears when he left. So, um, but Diego Melito was so lethal that season. I thought he was brilliant. I really wanted him to win the um, what would it be the sort of Ballon d'Or or something like that, which is probably fanciful thinking. Let's it, sh- it should have been it should have been Wesley Snyder that year, of course. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You got you got so much. You would have got so much service from yeah. from Snyder from Eto mm. playing on the right wing. Oh, Eto I mean, doing all your running, perfect yeah. man to do it because he had an absolute exactly. engine on him. A very intelligent football. He's very. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a bit of a as if I'm I'm as if I'm you know, writing a bit of a hack blog, which is trying to get clicks. But might I suggest that Eto is, even though he's obviously highly rated, he's still a touch underrated. Oh, there's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. So crucial um, for Barcelona's style under, you know, played under different coaches, you know, Rijkaard and Guardiola as well. I know he only, what was he, just one season at Guardiola, but that pressing style, you know, he was so crucial to that. Always harassing the defence. Bear in mind, at the start of that season, at the start of 2008, 2009, Guardiola said mm. to his face, I don't want you. And yet he pulled an incredible season out of the bag and he was vital yep, yep. In, in, in that season, which is mm. not just a high point for Barcelona. It's one of the high oh points of, of, of European football, period. Yeah, completely. Um, I t- I Who think, are you having? Do you know, I think you convinced me with the Porto chat. That's really captured my imagination. Um, but I have to have my own one. And I, I thought to myself, uh, I don't want to kind of repeat what I said on that Ramble On episode, but I do like the fact, I do like, I like, I do like the thought, rather, um, of going to a club that is, 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 is a good club with a bit of history and tradition, but to be there at a, at a kind of a legendary period in that club's history. So I would choose um, Sampdoria of the sort of late 80s, early 90s, because I think it's the only time they won Serie A. And uh, to be to be part of a Sampdoria side who won the league playing in that beautiful kit, Andy. I mean, come oh on. yeah. Um, yeah. And I would I, normally I would like to play up front, but Viali and Mancini up front that season were a bit tasty. So somewhere in the midfield, just feeding them, constantly feeding those hungry goal monsters, taking uh, taking Sampdoria to the top of the league. I think they were the top scorers. I think off off the top of my head in, in the league that season, mm. uh, and uh, which wasn't high because I think they got fifty seven goals in uh, 34 games in Serie A, which, of course, was was very much high-scoring back in those days. So, yeah, I, I, Gianluca Pagliuca in goal. Andy, come on. Nice. Um, Marcus, don't, don't, be, don't be modest. You could have done the Mancini role. Yeah, you know what? I could have, couldn't I? You know what? I'm glad you mentioned the yeah, shirt, though, because yeah. I think something else you've got to bear in mind when you think of your dream team that you would have liked mm-hmm. to play for, or going back to your you and Jim's thing, the the, the, the dream career, you've got yeah. to think about the matches you would have played and against whom, because you've got to think about swapping shirts and what kind <laughs> of match worn shirt collection you're going to get. Well, think about when they when they when they beat Milan one nil at the San Siro, for example. I mean, whose shirt am I going to, you know, Berezi's perhaps, Andy? Yeah, abso- you know I mean? absolutely. That's what absolutely. we're dealing with here. That's what we're that, dealing with here, people. That, that's what it, that's what it's all about. So, so say if, for example, we go it's back through... memorabilia. <laughs> it's the fan's way of thinking of it. So yeah. think, think of it. Let's go back through that 20, uh, 2009, 2010 uh, into Champions League season. Um, oh, yeah. You, you get... Um, a, a, a top-level Barcelona shirt in the group yeah, stage. Maybe, you get, you're a striker. You, 
Yeah, you get you get uh, Dynamo Kiev, uh, which mm-hmm. is obviously beautiful and historic. Ruben Kazan, the lovely sort of Bordeaux color of of their shirt, yeah, and I'm then yeah, oh, it's it's a beautiful shirt. And then you you get uh, you get Chelsea. Um, they play uh, mm-hmm. Cisco Moscow in the quarterfinals. You get John Terry's. You get John Terry's Chelsea kick, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no. I'd, I'd squeeze into Cavalio's one, actually. Would you? Okay. Yeah, that that would be me. That would be me. And then you think um, Barcelona again in mm. the semi. Well, you probably wouldn't get a shirt there, would you? Because they'd be so annoyed about going out. Mm. They'd be so furious about the way that Mourinho behaved, grandstanding on the pitch you're getting an unused sub if you're lucky there i think but but but, but you maybe you maybe get you maybe get uh, iron robin or schweinsteiger in the final i mean that that's that's just from one season uh, and that's only from the champions league games you get get, get yourself a nice little collection there mm, right yeah exactly yeah well if that doesn't convince anybody i don't know what will um so there we are uh, charlie platt in fact maybe his surname platt could, uh, that that sort of subconscious you know, Sampdoria link. Maybe that's what it was, Charlie. Perhaps I don't know. Um, we can only we can only assume. Um, Andy, we've got time for for one more, and uh, and I'd like to uh, to to bring in a chap called Sven, not the one on the desert island. Um, a chap who's asking about Uwe Rosler. Fix, fix. <laughs> um, uh, Uwe Rosler was a surprise hire as coach of then reigning Swedish champion Malmo who he had a dismal start to in 2018 and managed to steer them into third place. And I think, as, as his name would test to, testify to, that Sven is, is a Swedish chap, although I don't want to assume Sven. Um, anyway, uh, Juve Rosa, he steered them to third place, and then he was runner-up in 2019. And most impressively, he took Malmö through the Europa League group stages twice. He left Malmö due to... Uh, I'm trying my best with the pronunciation there, Sven. Uh, due to... Uh, football differences or something like that. And and so um, Sven is asking, what's the view of Uwe Rosler in Germany and how has he started off as coach at Fortuna Dusseldorf? Well, I think asking the view of him in Germany is, is a really good place to, to start mm-hmm. because um, bear in mind that um, this is the first German club that he's coached. So even though Uwe Rosler has been a coach for quite a long time, he's a little unfamiliar to mm-hmm. a whole generation of of German football watchers. I mean, he's got obviously a fascinating story as a player, but he's not played as a top flight footballer in Germany since late nineties. So that's a really long time to be away from the spotlight in, in German football. So, I mean, I spoke to him um, after we went over there for a game, me and Luke went over there for a game Mm -hmm. and a couple of games um, at the end of February, which we didn't have the match on, of, of course. And um, I've worked with Uwe at, um, at BT Sport a couple of times. So um, we had a bit of a chat afterwards. And um, <clears throat> he's he's really enjoying the Bundesliga. Delighted to be back there. And I think uh, th- the fact that the Bundesliga has changed and developed so much. I mean, we can talk about how he's changed and developed in the intervening period. And I think that's quite right. Like Sven says, he, he, he did an excellent job at... Malmo, which is a club with enormous expectation, by the way, in in Swedish terms, we we, we have to add that. So, um, making them make a dent at Europe, and I was lucky enough to be at one of those European nights when um, they, they beat Bajiktas at, at their stadium. It was an incredible atmosphere, and he um, did a brilliant job getting getting them out of a, a group that involved a, a club like that because Bajiktas obviously have their financial issues, but 
have an enormous budget compared to to, to what Malmo have. Um, so I think to come back and take a job like Fortuna Dusseldorf, because of his coaching career, he wouldn't have got a bigger one. Because as we were saying, he's been away from Germany for a long time. You look at the clubs that he's he's taken. Of course, we think most recently in in the UK, you think of um, uh, Fleetwood, Wigan, Brentford. You know, mm. you, you're not going to walk into a Schalke after that, are you? Leeds. So, or, or even Leeds, I, I, I don't mm. think. So well, he, did, um, he was at Leeds for a short period of time. Wasn't oh, sorry, he? sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so you're not you're not going to walk into a a huge Bundesliga team for for um, after after having taken those those sort of jobs. So. I've always felt that he's someone who has, has always wanted to to better himself, has always wanted wanted to improve himself, has always wanted to try wanted to try out different cultures. And I think people have been pleasantly surprised by him in um, Germany so far because really he was following someone who was very popular in uh, Friedhelm Funkel at Dusseldorf, but someone who. The board certainly felt had taken Fortuna as, as as far as they could go, and they were in a, a, a huge, huge hole at, at the bottom of the table. And um, you know, he's he's improved performances pretty quickly. Um, they 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 could have taken more points than they've actually had so far in that game that Luke and I went to see. They were excellent for the first fifty minutes hour against Hertha, three 0 up and. Then it ended up drawing that three all, and they actually went out of uh, the cup to low division Saarbrücken just afterwards. And if he'd have got them to the cup semi final, that would have been an enormous achievement. I think that they're in there fighting when they looked like a relegation cert for a long time in the season is um, really impressive by him. Uh, he's, he's managed to help them find attacking confidence that they, they they didn't really have before there's still i think issues in terms of confidence and slight naivety but given that it's such an enormous job um people are i wouldn't say overwhelmingly impressed but gently impressed by by what he's he's done so far because there were so many points in the first half of the season and you think that they lost a lot of good attacking players at the start of the season. So uh, Dodi Lukabakio went away and was eventually sold by um, Watford to Herta, wasn't he? Um, having been on loan at, at Fortuna last season, Benito Raman uh, went went to Schalke. For a club of that sort of budget to lose those sort of players is is tough. There's, there's no doubt about that. So for him to come in mid-season and have to deal with that... Um, is not easy at all, and um, yeah, I, I I think they've they've been pretty impressive so far. I mean, he's, he's he's earned himself a bit of credit at, at the very least. So um, there's there's still a work in progress. They're not safe yet, of course. As stands, they're in the the relegation playoff place. But I think with the way they've played so far and the shape of the teams above them, they can. They can justifiably aim to not just stay out of the bottom two, but even get out of that 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 playoff place. So yeah, there's clearly work to do, um, but he's, he's he's done a decent job so far. 
ultimately the thumbs up from Andy Brassel. Well, if you want to know more about Uwe Rosler, you can always read his autobiography, Knocking Down Walls, which I assume is a nod to his uh, upbringing in East Germany. Yes. Hmm. Andy, we've reached the end of our time. Just one quick one from me that I may ask you is, um, who should I support in the Bundesliga? (laughs) It's funny, I've got no kind of... Because if I think about Serie A sides, I immediately think, oh, you know... I can think of our quite a lot of affection towards, say, AC Milan or Fiorentina. One or two sides, again, in Spain, I quite like Atletico Madrid. We both love Sevilla, Andy, you more than me, um, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. In Germany, I've not really got, apart from it not being Bayern, I've not really got much. Well, do you know what? We've already had someone in the ramble nail their colours to the Dortmund mask, uh, mask yeah, of course. So, yeah, my choice for you. Marcus would be uh, FC Köln because uh, they're part they're party guys, they're full of yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, there's 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 real atmosphere there, and they smell beautiful. They love that you know, sweet smell of success. You, you know what? I could imagine you playing for them. I don't know if they. Uh, I've, I've I've not heard your uh, career arc yet, so I don't know if uh, FC Köln made it in there. But I could see you uh, playing the Tony Polster role there. Oh, twin pack Polster. Um, so yeah, okay. I like quite, I quite like that shout. I for some reason you wouldn't recommend who did I? You wouldn't recommend Verder Bremen. Well, I think there's just such scope for disappointment because I mean, yeah. I, I think they're really going to struggle to stay up. Of course, wonderful history as a club. Yeah, well, that's quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Colne is very much boom or bust, but the whole carnival mm-hmm. vibe, I think, is. Yeah. Is is what okay. uh, rec- makes me recommend them to you. What about Schalke? Again, I think there's a lot of misery in there. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't want, I, don't, I don't want to pin it all on David Wagner. Well, we, by the time we're speaking about this, they could have won at Dortmund at the weekend, for all we know. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. Yeah. Well, what about Schalke's history? Because they're a huge club. Uh, yeah, they, they they really are. They're the they're the pre Bayern Bayern, if you mm. like. So if you take uh, away Klopp's recent successes at Liverpool, would they be sort of like, you know, if we round the clock back, say, three years, would they be the sort of Liverpool of Germany, if you see what I mean? Uh, no, you'd have to have a longer memory than that. Oh, uh, I see I, what you I, mean. I think, I think we're talking genuine pensioners. Oh, right. uh, like that, they, were, they, were the, they were the buy-in of the... the, the like pre-professional era in, in Germany because, of course, they only had like actual... Professional league from 1963. Okay, so, so they're the um, the Preston North End of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that. Let's go with that. And I'll tell okay. you what, accordingly, if you do make it to the Arena Alf Schalke or um, the Veltins, it's, it's, it's it seems unlikely right. at the moment, Andy. They, they, um, they have got one heck of a museum next door. Oh, right. It's really good. Okay. And, and especially if you're into, like, you know, pre European Cup. European giants. If you're a Wolves fan, you'll love it in yeah. there. <laughs> FC Köln have got the uh, the goat as the mascot. Am I right in saying? Yeah, that's 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 right. And Anthony Ujar, who now plays for Union, he oh. um, famously scored in one game and attempted to ride the goat Magnificent. afterwards, uh, which was obviously quite painful and alarming for the goat. And he was forced to go with the club on mm. a filmed like apology to the petting zoo. 
Yeah, he had to go and say sorry to him and feed him and stuff like that. This is, this is my kind of club. And their manager, of course, is Marcus Gisdol, if that's pronounced correctly. And it's always nice yes. to have a Marcus in there. Always, so, always. I think, I think I, we I found think, my side. I think for the duration of the resumption of the Bundesliga, I think you should get yourself on Twitter and change oh, yeah. it to Marcus Speller with a K. Yeah, I think it's... it's. I'd no doubt that there's been nobody crying out for that. But give the people <laughs> what they don't realise what they want. Anyway, speaking of which, Andy, we must end this podcast. It's been a bloody pleasure. Uh, as always, do get your questions in... Um, on the uh, on the thread on the discord app of course the mailbag thread uh, or you can email them uh, of course as well i did put the email address on the uh, the discord app if you prefer to to live your life like that I, none of us judge here we, we're very happy to have emails or uh, comments on on the thread but the email address is otc at football so uh, there we are andy a bloody pleasure thank you for your questions everybody go well people enjoy the the football or whatever's going on and we'll see you very very soon ta-ta Was a Stakhanov production.